0: As someone who's seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 more times than probably 99% of the population, I am, of course, intimately familiar with Japanese culture and do not need to have (laughs) my hand held uh, throughout the opening ceremonies. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with an abiding fondness for the globally unifying tradition that is the Olympic Games, the Olympics, a quadrennial gathering of the world's greatest athletes, athletes who spend countless agonizing hours and usually very repetitive and punishing training, honing their freakish physical and mental gifts into a single unified consciousness with one simple, seemingly impossible goal to stride onto the world's stage and prove themselves the planet's absolute best in their chosen discipline. Take Dutch cyclist Aniek van Vluten, for example. In the 2016 Rio Games, van Vluten led the women's road race with 11 kilometers to go. Speeding at 50 miles per hour down a mountain road that had just been slicked with rain, she lost control of her bike and crashed over a curb, breaking her spine in three places and suffering a severe concussion. But von Vluten's indomitable spirit could not be crushed by a mere broken back and moderately rattled brain, and she spent the last half-decade preparing to race in the Olympics again. And so this week, with the world watching, she crossed the women's road race finish line with her arms raised triumphantly over her head, having finally secured the gold medal. Or so she thought. A little ways up the pavement, laying on the ground in weeping exhaustion— was Austria's Anna Kiesenhofer, who the rest of the racers had somehow lost track of. She won by more than two minutes, so far ahead that von Vluten didn't even know she was out there. And now von Vluten, inarguably one of our time's greatest long-haul cyclists, will live every day and every night with that haunting, horrible moment seared into her very soul. The Olympics, just the best! My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe?
1: Doing well, Bob.
0: Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori?
2: I'm fine. I was up late last night.
0: Tonight is Monday, July 26th, 2021. Abe, you've been watching the, uh, the 2020 Tokyo Games?
1: I have been trying to watch the Olympics. Um,
0: did you see this race? I want to. I want to talk about what I just talked about there. Okay, in, Bob in cannot the get over it. I cannot so, get over it.
1: I did not. That's what. Like I said, it takes me a few days for me to figure out what's going on. Where are these games? When are the important matches? So, I've seen some random events.
0: Not your fault, by the way. Entirely NBC's fault, but we'll get to that in a minute.
1: Right, but no, I did not. I, I'll have to watch the.
0: So. I remember watching the women's road race in 2016 when it happened. I don't know why I happened to be watching. Like It's not like I made a point of watching. It's right. just the the fun happenstance of the Olympic Games is that you see things that you didn't necessarily intend to see. Uh, but because it's the Olympics, you sit there and you watch it. And I was watching when this chick, Von Vluten from the Netherlands, coming down a long, speedy part of the race, like loses control of her bike and goes flying off the Rode into the woods, like over the curb. And it was like this horrifying and terrible moment. Cause she's out in front and she's obviously severely injured herself. And it's, it's right. terrible. And then I'm watching this race this weekend. And here she is. Like the story is, this is one of the best riders in the world. The Dutch team, the, the Netherlands team is, is four strong. And like, everyone knows that they're the best team in the world and that they have every chance of winning. And, at some point uh, in the middle of the race, a breakout group breaks away from the peloton. It's a, th- a three-person breakout group. And right. there's the eventual winner, I, whatever her name was, I just said it and I can't even remember it, uh, Kiesenhofer from Austria. She's out in front with two others, non-Dutch.
2: Yeah, she was all by herself. Right, She's so the, the only one on her own team.
0: Right, the Austrian, this Kiesenhofer or Heisenhofer Kiesenhofer, that's right.
1: You are butchering some of these names. <laughs> oh,
0: all right, brief aside on the names thing, by the way. So you're familiar with the Greek basketball player who just won an NBA title, right?
1: Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo.
0: Right, so you said uh, Giannis, and then you said his last name precisely correctly, right?
1: I said both his names correctly.
0: Sure, but his name is Giannis <laughs> Yeah, that's what they call it. Attentacupo or so I've I've probably butchered it there. I probably got one of the syllables wrong. And I would like to to point out that that's not a moral failing of mine, right? That's just <laughs> an unusual name. And yes, true. If I were a highly paid professional, it would be better if I got the name exactly right. But it is not it does not represent a moral failing to slightly mispronounce a name that is not part of your everyday culture, right? Or right. even one that is. It's just something that happens. And well, a weird thing happened with Giannis. It was a couple of years ago where everybody started getting butthurt that nobody could say his name right. And, and that the announcers were all saying Giannis instead of saying. His last name because, because it's longer. His last name. Anca because it's a in, Yeah Right. It's yeah. longer and it's harder. And also he's a fucking
1: superstar. So you can call him by one that name.
2: That happened with Tua as well.
1: Right, Tua Tagaviola. Taga that, that is, yeah, that's harder. Antikopasita is very straightforward if you just break it down by you're syllables. You're just
2: African, it's, and it sounds African, yeah. even though it's not African. It rolls off your tongue, of course. I, think,
1: I still don't know how to say Tua's name, but well, whatever. He's but not you, African. You're right,
2: overall,
3: yeah. Anyway, the,
0: the point is, there, there was this weird
1: moment a couple
0: years ago where it seemed like everybody was moralizing over whether or not you could pronounce this strange name. And I... I, I I reject that. It's not, yeah, there, that is very odd. There is no moral quality uh, to whether or not you can pronounce somebody's name. So, Kiesenhofer from Austria. She is broken away from the pack with two other riders, and the interesting thing to note about her is that she doesn't have any teammates. As Laurie was saying, most of these riders in this race are part of a three- or four-person team. And so they communicate with one another. They Are able to draft off of one another. They take
2: breaks. They
0: work together. Right. So one of them leads for a little while while the other one just rides off their wheel and it's easier for them. So what Kiesenhofer was able to accomplish was truly remarkable. She's out there all by herself with no help. And for the last, like, I don't know, 15 or 20 kilometers of the race, like truly by herself because the other two people who had broken off with her were not able to keep up. She took off. And just just went out by herself. And so when the Peloton catches up with the two people who were in the lead, they thought, oh, we've caught— This is
1: the front of the pack. Right.
0: We thought we'd caught the—and because there's no radio communication in the Olympics, so in a normal—like in the Tour de France or like any other professional cycling race— your team would be in constant contact with you, like the the people in the car with the spare bike tires and the water bottles or whatever. Your coach would be telling you, "Oh, by the way, you seem like maybe you caught the front of the pack here, but actually, there's another racer who's two
1: minutes right. out in front. You're going to have to work hard again to catch her. But there's no n- let me ask you something because again, I haven't seen this, but there's no. A helicopter coverage that's keeping track of these people yeah yeah no, so we the can coverage see.
0: we knew so it's this dramatic, okay. it's, dramatic it's, irony. it's dramatic irony it's like perfect gotcha. dramatic okay. irony that never happens in the context <laughs> of any sport because it's not like uh Aaron Rodgers doesn't know the fucking score with two minutes right he's not right. marching down the field we can unaware sometimes
1: see where they're gonna get sacked or and they can't and that's fun Tom, Tom Brady forgot what down it was you know I mean Minor lapses. Right, right.
2: Minor
0: lapses where Tom Brady spikes. yes, yeah. yeah, a quarterback spikes the ball on fourth down and is like, What right. what's what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this wasn't you know, this wasn't exactly like that. It was just that a small group broke out to the front of the race and then the Peloton caught up with them and assumed that they had caught up with everybody yeah. right. because it's hard to keep track of all of the riders. And so like the Kiesenhofer had gotten so far ahead. That she made the final turn and she's like she's looking over her shoulder her whole that whole last straightaway, which is probably four or five hundred meters, and it's just pure blank pavement. They just hadn't even crossed into the into the final turn at the at the end of the track. Right. And so she wins. And then the Dutch lady, the Van Vluten, comes cycling up to the finish line just fully believing that she's won. She sits up <laughs> on her seat. There's nobody behind her because she did the breakaway thing with a couple minutes yeah. to go and got out ahead of the rest of the pack. Gotcha. And she's got her arms raised over her head and she crosses the line. And then like her helper, like the coach or whatever walks up to her and starts like, you know, sorry, it didn't happen. And she's like, what do you mean? And then she looks around and there's this other fucking bicyclist on the floor who's, who's wow. crossed the line before her. And I like
1: <laughs> – I cannot imagine Whoa. having what, to endure is, that. So the person at least got a medal, right? They got right, the silver? the silver medal, yes. Okay. Wow. I got to go through – I have this YouTube TV thing, so I just said all events record, nice. and I'll sort yeah, it we out the later. Same thing.
0: I, think we, I think we didn't record like maybe two events. I think we skipped. Fencing, okay. Yeah, fencing. I didn't want kids were like, "Yeah, let's do fencing." I was like, "No, <laughs> I'm not doing fencing." Too
3: weightlifting.
1: That's where you draw the line. <laughs> fencing. I'll have, was it a Sunday event? I, I, I can. I'm pretty sure was it was it? Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that is uh, at least entertaining. Not for the second place person. Um, well, then the commentators, really? the, <laughs> the commentators
0: the whole time are like, "Are they gonna Are they gonna make a push?" They seem to be sort of lollygagging, considering that. Like, if they don't really make a push here in the last 10 or 12 kilometers, they're not going to catch her. She's too far out in front. Because they didn't even realize that the rest the, of there the— There was a
3: need Right, they didn't, to—
0: Right. The commentators didn't know that what was going on here was that the Peloton was in complete ignorance of the fact that there was one more person out okay. in front.
1: yeah. Wow. Wasn't there also some sort of—there was another event where the camera— the, the boat, they the, had the camera doing the close-ups before they start the event. Yeah, just it didn't in the, Get in triathlon. the
0: triathlon, yeah. So they had the big <laughs> pontoon boat out blocking half of the swimmers from jumping into the water. And then the, I, the starting horn goes and half right. of the swimmers jump in and start like, <laughs> going as hard as they can because it's the fucking Olympics.
1: <laughs> I suspect it's not the camera people's fault. Whoever has the gun should have just waited until they cleared the, right.
0: the area. But yeah, I was watching that race and like I'm I'm seeing her sit up on her bike and raise her arms and it was only in that moment that it dawned on me like this, this sort of dawning horror of, of sitting there and watching this woman who's going to have this next 15 or 20 seconds where she thinks that she's won the race and yeah. then knowing that she's going to be crushed by it and haunted Bob by it forever. Bob is the one who was
2: the real victim here.
0: No, it, 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 I'm not suggesting at all that it, I was victimized by it. It was just... It was a, a whole fucking lot, and it was, it was intense to watch. And I just, I just cannot imagine... Uh, what at least that it is gonna feel like for the rest of her life.
1: At least feel it didn't like, like training for the, the
2: Olympics end. in four years. That's what it's gonna feel like.
1: Yeah. Well, three years now, you know. That's true.
0: Yeah. Quick turnaround. I will be rooting for her to win so hard in three years in Paris if she uh, manages to come back.
2: Paris is gonna be <laughs> exploded by terrorists.
0: There's something about it too that, like, I don't know why I associate this particular feeling with you. I think it's in part your delight and your deep abiding uh, spitefulness that rests at the core of your soul sounds whenever right. you're watching somebody kick a field goal just as oh, an come example
2: on. <laughs> no it sounds <laughs> right
0: like i i really imagine. thought that like i can imagine you watching this and just Cackling in exactly, in exactly the same way that you cackle when, like, Rodrigo Blankenship shanks one particularly badly.
2: He hardly shanked one.
1: Didn't have, yeah. But if I was watching it live, I would have been beside myself. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, do a close-up of the person. Like, let's get into it.
0: I want to see in four full four k glory her right. uh, her realize that her dreams have been crushed
1: would i don't even have a visual image of how it this unfolded, but would it have made a difference if it was packed with fans like would they have been able would they like it sounds like the fans would be like, oh you're in second place right so like maybe i guess be-
0: i guess if she had been able to hear the roar of the crowd. Oh, ahead she, of her? Yeah. She might have gotten the sense that there was some, But by then, it would almost certainly have been too late. Like, she yeah. needed to have known 45 minutes earlier that there was somebody who was far and away out in front of the rest of the pack. And they could have caught her. That's the thing, is that if you're a single rider out in front of a, of a bike race, you're in big trouble. Because the, the peloton can just—a chase group of, of two or three mm-hmm. riders will chase you down every single time. Because right. they just are able to cut through the air more efficiently than you are. And they can, they can take turns on who's going to be out in front and who's going to have to do the most work. Right. But because they didn't know, they just didn't know. And it's, it's awful. <laughs> and great. <laughs> Any other, what other events have you seen? What have you been well, watching?
1: I was trying to watch the, some of the swimming, like with uh, Katie Ledecky. And I got the the alert from the Washington Post that she came in second. Yeah, because it happened like overnight or whatever. Like I was like, I, it wasn't even that it was late by the way. Morning. It was like
0: ten thirty at night. And but for and some reason, NBC I thought it was be the doing, morning live. NBC is doing such a shitty job that yeah, I got the alert uh, from the New York Times and the and the Washington Post saying LeDecki comes in second. And I just, all I had to do was flip over to NBC and and rewind at, back two and a half minutes to watch the
1: race. Wow. Yeah, see, I I even downloaded their goofy Olympics app, but that's not help either. They give you a lot of random events. You you need to not
2: have your notifications turned on on your news apps, is what sounds like you guys need.
0: Maybe. It's just that you go to watch the NBC nightly coverage, and it says... Well, the the thing pops up like four, the four different main events that are happening that night but it's not clear which of them are going to be replays from the night before which of them are yeah. going to be live and when exactly those things are going to happen and I don't know I I am so sick of NBC's coverage of the Olympics they, and this I, is
1: an improvement right because in the recent past they wouldn't even show the live events they're like oh you're just going to watch our package shit at night even though sure. everyone knows so at least now you get to see it but In my mind, I thought
2: Although I saw a live, when it was in Beijing, I saw a live figure skating performance at 4 or 5 in the morning. Okay. Because I I got home from work then. So, like, that was 08? Yeah,
0: they would do both. The problem that I have with the Olympic, the NBC Olympic coverage is, for one thing, this is a network that is entirely devoted to the human interest story, where every single stupid, and it's not just... The Olympics—that is how they build their in, the, that entire American Ninja Warrior program, which is just people running an obstacle course and doing impressive physical feats. And but, but every single one gets a five-minute pre-production Not every package
2: single one. In, in
0: every single commercial break. There is like – so, and they do like six of them. There will be a a fully produced – like we sent a three-person camera crew to this person's fucking farm or to their uh, suburban mansion backyard where they built this creepy three-story tall uh, ninja course. (laughs) And we have to endure – like first of all, everybody has their own fucking victim story because either – the only options are that you're a victim of weird circumstance – or uh, you're, like, quirky and weird and funny, right? Those are, like—so if you're going to have a prepackaged, produced segment, you have to be either uh, the, a victim of the world in or some you're, way— Or
2: you're, like, um, trying to find someone a kidney or something.
0: Right, right. or it's some a— ca- it's Some cause. a cause. Like a cause. Yeah. Right, you have a cause. Puppies. You have a stupid fucking hashtag on your, like—you went to the FedEx Kinkos, and you had them uh, screen print uh, hashtag on your stupid T-shirt that you're wearing— so you have a dumb cause or you uh, your mom had cancer or something, which, yeah, yeah. sure, I feel bad for you. Uh, but, like, your mom's cancer doesn't have anything the fuck to do with your weird ability to do uh, pull-ups for 45 minutes straight.
1: Right. But, you know, w- just like with the American Ninja Warrior, I think whoever makes these decisions, like the Olympics people, they think that the viewers tuning in are not your traditional sports fans. So they have to couple the actual events with –
2: Yeah, they they don't have a leg anymore
1: because somebody bit it. Lots
2: of people like that.
1: Right. So we don't. Yeah, and you'll sometimes see that even like uh, when the NFL or the NBA they do their draft coverage. Oh, yeah. His mom was a crackhead, and now part of my
2: genius broadcasting idea is the human interest story feed when you watch football.
1: Right. If they're gonna give people
2: that don't like football.
1: Right. I mean, if they're gonna give idiots. Like Paint Manning, an alternate angle. They should have one where it is just human interest stuff. You know, just that. I know.
2: That
1: I don't think anybody actually cares.
0: Yeah, I, I disagree. Obviously, people care. Oh my god! You don't think ask,
2: so? Ask all of the women.
0: The way more interesting thing is the like unimaginable physical feat, uh, married with intense mental discipline, to resulting you? in unachievable human glory. Like it's. But
2: like a lot of people don't. Who care.
0: cares if? grandpa had lupus i just don't right
1: but is there no other angle i mean other than one that you present where you know someone needs a new bladder or someone had like a hardship when they were young or you know something right is there no other angle that they can frame the story around it seems like those yeah. are it's kind of like no, the datelines where the husband told someone.
2: you know like bob said like quirky funny like i i like to collect rocks and yeah, also I like do those this stories shit.
1: yeah yeah There's a, usually there's that, like, yeah
2: you know there's the athletes in general, like uh you know the ones the
0: the only ones that i that I think are okay is like like the the Abby Titmus one, where she's the one who beat Ledecky. She she took the the gold yeah, and the like c- Wait, in the women's 400
2: competition and sports. How do you
1: say her first name? I thought it Ariarn or something. Ariana. I mean, yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. Okay. I, okay. Abby Titmus was stuck in my head. I don't know. Okay. It's not Abby. Because she's got
1: like an extra air, R in her first right, name. It's it's
0: an R, yeah. Ariarnay. It's yeah. like yeah. Ariarn Titmus from Australia. So her pre-production package was like her coach screaming obscenities at her and telling her what a worthless sack of shit she is for not trying harder at practice. And like, that's is fine. The same like, guy? Yeah,
2: you like that. My mother right. I don't doesn't. like
0: that. I think it's, terrible but it's fascinating to watch this guy scream at her and tell her how worthless she is and then is have he the her achieve this thing
1: who was gyrating by the railing yeah, like, yeah. the guy who
0: like uh, air fucked the the <laughs> yeah. clear banister the way, was very inappropriate the way
1: too low uh whatever safety railing that was i don't and know how tall that guy
0: is the the olympics handler the japanese lady wearing the mask like Oh, uh, don't go over there. She's trying to like redirect him. You're not controlling this guy. Yeah, right leave now, him. Lady. Be, yeah. <laughs> so there's that end of the NBC coverage that I don't like. There's the fact that they have and I understand it, but it's it's a very American-centric focus. And if we're gonna have all of these stupid human interest stories, go tell other cultures stories. They would be way more interesting to Americans. Then another fucking story about some kid who got up at 5 understand. o'clock in the morning to go swim at the Y every day.
1: But they probably uh, have their own coverage doing the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. Lori, you got a question?
2: <laughs> I don't think you understand how <laughs> basic anyway, everyone
1: you're is. Not, you're not in
2: charge of,
0: <laughs> of seating the floor. The Lori, uh, those who are watching the live stream, which of course you can, you can sign up to watch. You can sign up to watch the live stream. Uh, you can't for just one hundred and twenty dollars a month as a, as a right. paid subscriber to Cast Iron Brains. We have a new feature in our Google Meet where you can raise your hand uh, to be recognized. And Lori clicked the raise hand button, and and then you heard Abe recognize her.
2: It's
1: not okay. What's, I'm a stickler for uh, procedure, Bob. You know.
2: Yeah. Uh, you failed to. Understand how fucking basic this country is.
1: No, I don't. I... I think
2: that that's what you just said. It demonstrates how deeply you misunderstand everyone. They, the idiots at home, just want to hear the story about sure. the sick kid and... and about the mean dad and about the dying mom and the struggle. They're not interested in what's actually interesting.
0: Right. And that was one of the things that I said, watching the opening ceremonies, because that, so, so to get back to a an even dumber thing is, because all of the events are fine. And I, I've always watched the opening ceremonies. I want to see
2: it's cool. what
0: they're doing. Like it's a big fucking event. And I love the Olympics. Like I'm absolutely no Despite, cynicism. Yeah. Love right. the shit out of the Olympic games. And and the opening ceremonies are a big production, and it's interesting to see what a different country wants to do with them in terms of celebrating the games and celebrating their athletes and celebrating their own local culture. But, of course, Mike Tarico and Savannah Guthrie are handed a script, who say, uh, and as you can see here, the different lasers are shooting out to symbolize the unification of the mind over matter, and this sort of, it's like... They think we're so fucking stupid that uh, somebody – like this whole event, which was either conceived by a, a giant committee or maybe even choreographed by one artist who had a specific thing in mind that wanted to say something or at least right. wanted to, to give people the opportunity to interpret their art as they, as, as the audience might see fit. But an American audience absolutely cannot be trusted to see things not completely – that. that That are open to interpretation. So for whatever reason, the executives at NBC insist on having Mike Tirico and Savannah Guthrie narrate the thing like it's the fucking Macy's Day Parade, and we have to be explained that Garfield's been in the fucking Macy's Day Parade every year for 43 years. Doesn't everybody love Garfield? (laughs) By the way, Garfield is a fat orange cat who first appeared in the Universal Syndicate of uh, USA Today in uh, 1982. Fuck you, stupid. Watch it.
1: Okay. Don't you think that the reason why they do this um, is that when you're catering to a broad audience, someone is going to be stupid, right? And someone's going to benefit from. There's no these way things. that people. Oh, there's got to like be somebody at home having, nodding. No, oh, yes, there are people who are annoying
0: and stupid. But yeah. people like to hear are Mike pe- Tirico explain the symbolism to them of what's happening on the M- screen.
1: Maybe not, but I think there there are people who. Are like oh I didn't know that and you know and also let's say you would prefer that they just say l- not as much just oh way less just, and certain and eliminate everything
2: my crowd noise feed
0: uh, yeah well eliminate everything that has anything to do with trying to explain an artistic decision made by someone working for the IOC or the the the, the Tokyo yeah games telling committee. me that who
2: that is is fine right like this is the girl who's on the rowing team isn't that interesting. If you want okay. to read cool a couple of
0: interesting trivia facts about During the parade yeah, of print nations them on the screen. like Hit.
1: oh here's the shirtless guy blah 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 or right. but you're saying when it comes to the art just like oh yeah. okay that was something the performance. let's move right. on. Okay. I'm sure anyway, I'll take that note.
0: It's the hand holding. Like it's the it's the yeah. like I it's just completely unnecessary. And as someone Who's seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 more times than probably 99% of the population. I am, of course, intimately familiar with Japanese culture and do not need to have my hand held uh, throughout the opening ceremonies. (laughs) Speaking of which, I don't think there's a worse movie that I have seen more often.
2: I thought it was two that you liked so much.
0: Than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Turtles in Time, I think, is the subtitle for that
1: one. I don't think I've seen that,
2: Abe. I, I don't trust anything you say when it comes to things <laughs>
1: like that. I think I just remember seeing an original. Te- I don't think I stuck
0: around for the sequence. first move. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a it's a good movie that holds up. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Not. Secret of the Ooze, is a terrible movie that
2: Watchable.
0: 10-year-old me thought was awesome. And like 8, 9, 10-year-old me and my brother Chris would watch. We watched basically on repeat for like 18 months of my childhood, as I recall. And then we watched it with the kids this past summer and it's terrible and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 which I think is called Turtles in Time or Turtles Lost in Time
2: yeah I'll look it up for you right now is when
0: the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles find like a time portal under the subway in New York City and travel back to ancient Japan and become samurais
1: okay definitely did not see that
0: Casey Jones comes back he didn't show up for the second one so the original Casey Jones uh, anyway not a a very good movie (laughs) but I've seen it a bunch
1: Yes,
2: turtles in time.
0: Turtles yes. in time. I thought so. Anyway, back to NBC. NBC needs to be way clearer about what's live and what's coming up, and and packaging it all together in a in a better way. And
1: I thought the simple thing was when it's live, have the the thing at the top corner, and then don't do it when it's not live. Right? I mean, it, Isn't it, it that...
2: does. It's just... okay. So. It's not obvious. I think part of the reason it's so not obvious is because of the massive time difference.
4: Right. Like, it's not like it's day hours here ahead and of it's us.
2: night there. Right. It's totally See, hard.
1: I, I thought that it was going to work out perfectly to where 7 a.m. my time would be prime time over there, like 8 p.m., and they would put all their important events, prime time, local time, but... I guess that's not true because the swimming finals was like in the middle of the night. So that must be morning or noon
2: yeah.
1: for them. It's a yeah. random time. Yeah,
2: because they're not. But,
1: did you watch any of that? They
2: don't care about America.
1: Right. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, but... <laughs> they're not going to do everything when it's best for Karen American Little. audiences. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you watch the uh, USA France game at all?
1: I did not. I, I just heard about uh, that they lost. I was like, uh, they lost some exhibition games. Like, ah, oh, they they'll be fine and turns out they it turns were not. out
0: not fine. We'll see if also, they can get out of the group stage here.
1: I'm no expert, but the the construction of that roster is poor. You should have some Zion Williamson types to be in the paint, enough of the shooting stuff. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, the the only like legitimate big man they have is what's his name? The asshole from Golden State. Uh, yeah,
1: uh, Draymond Green. Draymond
0: Green, who's a yeah. fine player, a very good defensive basketball player, but
1: also, apparently, and this probably reflects poorly in the American basketball players, but, you know, the NBA is known for their, uh, for their stars complaining and trying to draw fouls and being whiny. It seems like the international refs aren't uh, coddling them, and right. they're not
0: calling. Well, they didn't make any of their fucking shots. They shot, like, 30% from right. three and not much better from the, the rest of the field. So
2: That robot, but, though. Did you see that robot? Oh, yeah. Robot? <laughs>
1: The robots take it too long to shoot, but boy, the accuracy!
2: Yeah, it's new. It's gonna.
1: I don't know why they only built them like
0: man-sized. Why didn't they build them like ten feet tall so that nobody could block his shot? What are you thinking, there, (laughs) robot developers? That is true. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you would fix the Olympics as far as the broadcast goes, but it seems like there should be a a more definitive schedule in terms of when you should be watching. Uh, That would make things easier,
1: right? Especially like the the marquee people, you know. Like, fencing is whatever, but, like, nobody's watching fencing.
0: Right, that's what I like about... So what I like about the the way that YouTube TV set it up is you can go through and just, say, record everything. And then, like, for the goofy events, like, oh, you want to watch some fucking badminton because that's what we do once every four years because, for some reason, it's fascinating for 20 minutes to watch badminton. It's perfect. You just say, okay, oh, sweet, I can watch uh, a badminton match because I recorded it. But, like, for swimming or the basketball games, when those get you know to the medal rounds and some of the other stuff like i want to be able to watch it live it's just right. it is among the most thrilling things that you can watch on live television is the olympics i think that we have not talked about on the podcast how to fix the olympics because the it is very dumb that we have to choose a new site and invade a whole new city every 4 years and it's like right. this big fucking grift where the, the the whole thing is based on the iocs ability to make money and yes so like t- tokyo does this thing where they presented tokyo as this like very actually very pleasant and mild climate for hosting an olympic games in the middle of july or august which Did is like not, that is not true it is you very can it it hot is hot find as
2: out really easily yeah, yeah. too the average temperature of a place I know, so it's, it's
0: because the it's the just a big fucking lie right so it's yeah. it's Japan knows that they have to tell the lie so that the IOC has plausible deniability so that they can award the Olympics right. to the people who are willing to spend the most money on the Olympics. And
1: basically. they know they're lying too because they can look up the internet then. Right, it's like when the
0: World Cup went to Qatar, it's like, uh, yeah, we're going <laughs> to invent flying air conditioning is what we're going to do. We're going to have well, outdoor flying air conditioning in order to make the, uh, the World Cup work in our desert country. Not only,
1: I think... Th- You know, traditionally, the World Cup takes place in the summer, like June, July, and they're doing it next year in November, December to kind of shave like 10 degrees off the heat or whatever. And I don't know how many people died building their stadiums over there. why wouldn't they
2: just do it indoors? Yeah, good point. Do soccer inside?
1: Right.
0: Back to fixing the Olympics. So humans, uh, like Dubai, for example— they they invented they, they, they grew out of the earth a city that was that yeah. where previously non, nothing grew right and they yes. they went out there and they built this monstrosity of a of a civilization over there and and as a proof of con- like as a as a environmental reality it's a disaster but as a proof of concept for what I'm about to say it's very it's very heartening which is that we should just like build an island somewhere or 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 terraform new land somewhere where like we can in just South have Tennessee. we can have the olympics right so on right. the moon instead of <laughs> fighting instead of different cities being willing to spend all sorts of money and then there's this big problem of they kick out all of the pores from because what they, they don't go and they're not going to go fix Buckhead or Atlantic Station yeah. and and build just a new. They bust the
1: pores out of the way, yeah. Right.
0: So instead, what they do is they ship all the pores out of a cheap section of the city, and then they build sure. a, a bunch of new venues and high rises to house the uh, Olympians. And it's never good. Like you get every single Olympics, you can go back and see how the city. It was bad for the city. The city lost money, and you look at the. There's a whole Website Or maybe it's just a Twitter handle that just posts pictures of disused Olympic venues. Yes. Where where you can see the way that uh, the stadiums that were built that said this is going to be a park in the future. Like we'll take this soccer stadium and it'll be an urban center in the future. And instead it's just like dilapidated bullshit. And it happens in every city that the Olympics go to.
1: Uh, I think Atlanta is the exception, right? They've repurposed most of the things. Atlanta is
0: somewhat the exception, yeah. So the, they did a pretty good job. They turned a lot of the Olympic Village into housing for Georgia yeah. Tech and Georgia State students, I think. And Turner Field was also, used for the Turner baseball Field team. Was, I don't know right.
2: because I wasn't there and haven't and then, been to most other Olympic cities. But wasn't Atlanta – okay, I'm going to sound mean. Wasn't Atlanta shittier – before the Olympics Than a lot of these other cities were shitty
1: Well I mean Like
2: it was not It's right. not like it Not shittier in general But like London is already a ma- yeah. Major yeah. major US city All it's You not, know Paris London but, but, but is not, not a major US city Major major it, it's world a, city UK,
1: yeah, but, like <laughs> but like Rio I'm going to
2: I said the wrong thing <laughs> Um, Bob,
0: go on. <laughs> you know, London oh, is not, in fact, a
1: United States I think that States if city. you...
2: Wh- when was London? 94? 12. Not London. Atlanta, 94?
1: 96. 96. 96.
2: So, like, if you had gone all over the world and said, name some U.S. cities, I don't think most people would have gotten Atlanta.
0: Right.
2: Atlanta's a top mo- 10
0: U.S. city, probably, even in 1996.
2: in the world, people don't know it. Now they might. But before the Olympics, they didn't. Whereas every Atlanta was an airport
0: until 1996. Atlanta was an airport. There
2: was Sochi and the one in fucking Norway in 94.
1: Lillehammer? Lillehammer. Lillehammer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like cities that aren't as big of a deal going into it probably fare a lot better having the Olympics there than already huge cities do
1: right so
0: I, that's not necessarily true because one of the no, only olympics one true, of the we'll only olympics that in history that is said to have made money and was not a complete disaster in terms of infrastructure and waste is los angeles apparently the 1984 olympics are an, are an outlier, an outlier example of and you can check the show notes because i'm I will have to Google and figure that out. But I recall reading something about how the 84 Los Angeles Olympics were actually good.
1: One of the first
2: episodes of Freakonomics was about exactly this.
1: Yeah. I I don't know if it was Freakonomics, but I think I was listening to a podcast like a week ago. And they said just that point, Bob, that Los Angeles uh, was actually a successful uh, event. I mean – the argument that they made, I don't know how true this is, I didn't look into it, but there were basically two cities that it was down to, like Iran, like Tehran or whatever, and Los Angeles, and, and Tehran fell off. They are like, oh, we don't want to be part of it. And so Los Angeles had a lot of leverage because they knew that there were no other bidding cities, and right. they extracted a lot of concessions, and I think they they made it to where – They'll make money through ad revenue and product placements and things like that. Because in the past, they, the IOC would just put cities on the hook legally.
0: Right. They didn't have to, to put out a bunch of outlandish promises about how in order to, to win the games, they didn't have to say, well, we're going to build 40 new fucking venues. Right. And we're going we're gonna to make sure that there are, yeah, like flying air conditioning shit and all the rest. Uh, and instead, they, and I think L.A. is trying to win. Well, they, did they
1: win? They've won, yeah. yeah. So it's Paris in right. 24 and then 28 is, is L.A.
0: Right. And they did that by saying we can repurpose the things that we have here, but also we have these new football stadiums that I guess that we, we might also use.
1: Yeah, because like but, the, the Rams and the Chargers have that fancy new stadium.
0: Right. And plus the Coliseum is still there, which I'm sure that they'll make use of.
1: By the way, this is what the term I was looking for. White elephants is what they call it, where like the cities, they spent an inordinate amount of money to build these new uh buildings and structures for the olympics and they have no real purpose beyond it and mm. it just sits there dilapidated and unused i think greece was one place rio was You're another right, place it,
0: or sochi i think it was like within 16 months of sochi happening yeah, sochi. you could go to the like the bobsled park and there were like vines crawling all over the bobsled right. park like there's just no reason for the thing to have been built except for this very brief 4 week period in uh four years ago
2: on freakonomics right. they said i mean this was a decade ago they said that it's kind of bad for a city to get the olympics but it's good for a city to try to get the olympics like those the cities that do well are the ones that don't get picked
1: okay weird like
2: the, you can it's like episode three profile of or something? freakonomics ever like <laughs> it's oh, very very no. old
0: i want so so my solution to this a fixed location it's a, a fixed, neutral, location. fixed location. And I think you can do the Summer Olympics in Greece and make it, make it a permanent thing, right? We have the, yeah. it, It's historically relevant. You can play up that stupid angle of it, right, which is a, you know, the fucking marathon was invented there. And Greece could use it, right? They're, uh, uh, it's a touristy—the whole right. reason that Greece is, to the degree that they're economically viable, it's because people come to their country and spend money. And if you had a permanent Olympic home there for the Summer Olympics, that would be awesome. And I see no reason why you can't do that with the Winter Olympics as well. I don't know where precisely you would do it. Greenland is very large. And, and uh, you know, anything that could become like a permanent Olympic a per- city, yeah. would, it would be so cool. And I would love to visit it, like on the off right. yeah, years, too. Yeah,
2: we would 100% too, go. Right? And because yeah, be it, pretty it, cool, it, it yeah. would
0: serve as a training facility too, at at all times. Like, and I just can't. And even if it was like, even in my like, you do the wildly like futuristic, perfect version of it, where they do they like terraform it out of the fucking ocean, and it's this, it's an international space that no country can actually lay claim to. Like that would be fucking cool too. And it would, and and you could play up the the goofy internationalist angle of it, the globalist right. angle of it.
1: Now. The people who would be against it, I would imagine, because most people would be for it or indifferent at least to it. But the IOC assholes who uh, stand to make a lot of money from bribes and whatnot uh, would not be for it. Right. It would it. be
0: like convincing the uh, the national sports leagues to never negotiate another broadcasting rights agreement uh, in perpetuity, right? Right. Like because, because the idea is that they're able to renegotiate their rights agreements a- – like that, the the whole thing is just a constant renegotiation of rights agreements, both with the broadcasters and also with the with the host countries. And I see right. no, not, it's the only reason, right? It's the same. It's the same shitty arrangement as the NCAA, which only exists to uh, scrape money off the labor of of people who are doing the actual work.
1: Right. Now I, I suspect that at some point, I thought by now we would have reach this point, but they're gonna run out of cities willing to take on the cost right but it, no matter how far advanced you go there's always another country oh we want the 2020 or i guess everything is settled except the 2030 olympics right so 22 which is next year is in china beijing then paris and where the hell i think it's australia or something in 2032 so like yeah. everything's like, for the next 12 years it's settled so, it seems like there's always some interest by some city to host it. So, they'll continue to make the money. But I think a fixed location would be good. Remember, there was a time where people were pushing for fixed locations for Super Bowls. Like, why can't it just be in San Diego and maybe some Florida city instead of going to Jacksonville because they have a new stadium or the Bills because they have a new stadium? Right.
0: That would be great for the Super Bowl, too. And there's no, there's no reason why it would have to be an NFL home if you want to avoid that, right? Yeah, you, you put it in
2: Hawaii. Go to San duh. Diego.
0: They don't
1: have a team.
2: Right.
1: No. Right. San Diego. Hawaii. Hawaii. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Hawaii. That would be great.
2: They're already there for the Pro Bowl.
1: And I think they, they are alternating that. But yeah. Yeah.
2: They, well, they can like, do that. You know.
0: Yeah, and you can you, you use it for the World Cup too. Like you marry those two. like, And those are like world historical corrupt organizations. Right. Right. <laughs> the, the people who are in charge of international soccer and the people who are in charge at the International Olympic Committee. Like it's just nothing but total grifting shitheads as far back as you can possibly remember there's
1: a lot of corruption in in combat sports like boxing and ufc but every major event most of the time they have it in las vegas like that's like their fixed location to have so they could do something similar to where this is where we go for this event
0: right so no Mm -hmm. objections to
1: my brilliant (laughs) if if i was in the uh, money side of things where i was making money off it then I want to would go say to no. The
2: Olympics. It would be nice if it didn't move around. Well, that was a nice show. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Let's find something to
0: complain about here. It's only 9:30. No. We can't be done. I don't think we're even going to be recording next week.
2: Don't think On... you're not going to be here.
0: No, I won't be here next Monday. I think we're gonna. So, kids and I are going to New Jersey to spend a week at my mother's. Lori's staying home because she got to work.
2: Someone has to make money.
0: I think we want to record, if we can, uh, next Wednesday night. So we still will put out a show next week. It's just going to be delayed a couple of days. Cool. I'll be at the beach the entire week, so I don't know how much I'll be paying attention to the news, but I'm sure I'll have something to complain fully, about. I imagine? Here's a question for you. Let's... Uncomfortable, non-news-related subjects. I have a cousin getting married in no. September. Okay. Labor Day weekend, cousins getting married. No, in... it's the
2: weekend after Labor Day weekend. Is it? Yes.
1: Oh, whatever. September eleventh, something For like that. Fuck's sake! Definitely September the week 11th. after. Eleventh. Yeah, that's not very Labor
2: patriotic Day. family.
1: And because it's a Saturday though, right? I
0: mean. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: wedding's happening that Saturday, and I think the George is playing a.
2: It's a cupcake.
0: A, a no, a nothing opponent, so like it's coastal totally Carolina fine.
2: Carolina or something. It's fine.
0: And this, t- this ties into the – this is sort of a COVID-slash-vaccine question. So I don't know what percentage – I can't possibly know. It's not my wedding. I didn't do the guest list, and I don't know how many people are invited. But I imagine that some people will not be vaccinated and will be making the trip to this, this wedding, which is in Vermont so people have to come from, I think it's, I think you can be
2: almost sure of is that everyone who works there will be vaccinated because it's Vermont.
0: But my question is, so it it appears that the wedding planners and hosts, the people getting married are not breathing a word about any of the COVID stuff. Like that will not, that, that will not come from them. So is there any responsibility on the part of the guests to like send out feelers as to what everybody else's situation is.
1: How would this go, Bob, hypothetically? Responsibility
2: must... or right?
0: So do I have the right to reach out and see if everybody you, else is going to be vaccinated? The question you're
2: asking is a stupid one. And the question you're not asking is a good one.
0: Yeah, see, I don't know. I think that there might be an element of responsibility to... That
2: is y- y- purely coming from inside you and nowhere in reality.
1: Well, can I ask a question? Okay. Would th- do you think that this would be a fruitful exercise? Like, so, do you think well, but, if you ask? Right.
0: A step back. You went okay. on a vacation with your boys to Panama City. Yeah, eight for eight. eight. Eight people were vaccinated. Did that come up in the planning of the trip? Was there any discussion of if you're going to come on this trip, you shitheads, you better be vaccinated? Or I think
1: it was it was like – because the the plan – Started to form around April, so a couple months in advance, yeah. and we're like, everybody should be vaccinated by then. Yeah. Right?
2: Like, I think it was like, implied. It's a deal a-
1: breaker, but it was understanding everybody will be vaccinated.
0: Right. So, I'm not talking about, like, hey, various second cousins of mine and also strangers in this other chick's family, I need to see your papers. Right. But, like, it feels like, so just as an example, and I'm never going to be in the position of planning a wedding because it's, I refuse. Uh,
2: uh, that's not why. What do you mean? You're already married to me. Yeah, yeah,
0: but like, if my kids are gonna get married, like, I'm not gonna oh. be part of any of the fucking planning. Okay. Like there, and I know you can't have any money. You do what your mother and I did, and don't spend any money on a I'll wedding. I'll give them you some money. Idiot. They want money. Anyway, <laughs> if I were in the position of planning this wedding, yes, there would have been. I don't know how because I didn't have to think about it, but. At some point in the process, there would have been some communication about, and by the way, we're all vaccinated, and it would be great if everybody who was coming to the wedding was also vaccinated. Uh, Like something along those lines. Uh, But that, that didn't happen, and I'm not saying that that was the wrong thing to happen, but it is interesting because people who are not vaccinated, a not insignificant portion of them actually believe that being around vaccinated people could be dangerous to their health. Like that's one that's one seriously? of the seriously anti- or is that just like yes, internet people when they serious. think they're shedding the how, vaccine. But
2: how many real life people? That's
0: the question. Who the fuck knows? But only 60% of american adults are vaccinated, right? right? So there's there's a big pile of american adults who are not vaccinated and depending on your state uh, the piles the uh, you know piles vary by state. But
1: okay, i i don't know who this person is who's getting married but i suspect the fact that they did not make any mention of this suggests to me that someone close this is a sensitive topic and they don't want to broach it at all so like it wouldn't it wouldn't do any good to bring it up if you're just the guy who's also going to be there you're not you are having no authority as they say right so or even just mentioning it they're like who is this guy telling us Da, 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 right. right. So that's
0: my feeling, too. And I, and, it, and I know for sure that there are people in my family who are not and will not get oh, vaccinated. I'm sure. Yeah,
1: that's true. I mean, I'm going so to let's go a, eat dinner with them. I'm going to a much smaller wedding this upcoming weekend at my friend's like backyard. So it's like a very small, low, you know, effort kind of thing. I'm 100 percent sure there's a good number of the people who are going to be there are unvaccinated. No mention is made of it. On the invite, it just says this is the date and the place and the time. See you there, right? So the people that I know who are going to be there are vaccinated. Yeah, it's outside. But, I mean, the thing is with these outside things, eventually you have to go inside, especially in the middle or the first week of August here in Atlanta. It'll be like sure. at 3 p.m. Right. People will be inside most of the time. <laughs> For the celebration, they'll be outside, but then they'll walk it back in the house. I see, the
2: whole thing. No- we went to a wedding one july that was entirely i mean years ago but entirely outside got very lucky with weather but entirely outside
0: yeah yeah sure it's not impossible to do it that way
2: sure i just wasn't sure i was clarifying
1: this uh this past weekend i was hanging out with uh, my siblings and like a a couple of them are they, they came from out of town from louisiana not vaccinated with you know just mingling with everybody else
0: So it was never brought up, right? And it was never brought up. Would you? So do you not feel comfortable telling your brother or sister, like, "What the fuck's your problem? Why don't you get the vaccine?" I mean,
1: we've—that's the thing. It's like I mean, this is not the vaccine just didn't come out like last week. It's been many, many months where this was available, and the arguments made are like, I don't know what's going to happen. That you know, the typical stuff you'll read about on the Washington Post or whatever, where it's like, I'm not sure long term. I, what so, am I, and that I no argument to, to help and now we're that.
0: starting to get right and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you have a responsibility or even a vanishing possibility of changing anybody's mind on the subject uh, and in fact I was looking at Facebook the other night and saw an old pizza pal of mine had posted that he got vaccinated but has come to regret it more and more with every passing day or something like that
2: simply on principle
0: right because of a <laughs> generalized libertarian view of liberty that says, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. So the the fact that it was available to him a few months ago, and then now there are vaccine mandates, made him feel like, in retrospect, he had somehow been coerced into getting... That that his freedom was being (laughs) infringed upon in some way, because now... There are people instituting vaccine mandates and that if he could, he would go back and unget the vaccine because of the fact that now people are forcing it on other people.
1: He didn't get any comfort from the fact that he made the decision on his own? Without- no,
0: because he's also obviously listening to people who are playing very silly rhetorical games with – the negative impact of coronavirus on different populations and convincing him that actually it would be better if he got the thing than have having gotten the vaccine. Like, and I could, because I know where, I'll, because like you can see when somebody writes out a thing, if you're familiar with uh, the arguments, you know where yeah. they fucking came from. And so like, so I know exactly the media that he's ingesting to get to the point where he is now. And it would take me 30 minutes. I could sit there and type it out on my phone or pull up the computer and type a thorough response. Or
2: just be angsty for like 25 hours.
0: And the response would be no movement whatsoever in terms of what this person thinks,
1: right? But, but that, does no- that make sense to you though? Like, cause like the reason why I don't push someone who's, Hesitant it's because I was never that right so i have no, i don't even know what your point of view is for me to even make any inroads, right like I was never in a position to where I needed to be convinced I was like, oh yeah, they're doing shots at this place sure, but go as there. I
0: said last week, i'm able to i can I can get in the headspace of being of of a certain sort of skepticism or hesitancy about this whole thing, and so it it's like this weird I have this weird reinforced feeling of responsibility that because i recognize sort of where they might be coming from that maybe there's something that i can say or that there's something that i should say to try to convince them otherwise Uh, which is it's a fool's errand i don't do it i don't engage with this stuff unless it's like somebody posts something that is just complete obvious wrong fact that i can correct in three words and with a link then otherwise i'm just not gonna fucking bother anymore Right. And it's weird that the conversation now at the national level seems to be all about uh, mandates and uh, new lockdown measurements or mask requirements in like L.A. County and, and various other places are going back and reinstituting mask requirements. And there, the V.A. today came out and became the first federal agency to say that if you're going to work for the V.A., you're going to be vaccinated with, with you know, the the requisite uh, exceptions where people who are right. literally unable to get the vaccine for whatever reason.
1: And I think they're giving, like, a long runway, like two months or whatever, eight weeks to get it, you know, sorted out. Right.
0: But there will be more of this. There will be more. And as soon as the FDA eventually gets around to taking away the emergency use authorization and transitions into... Uh,
1: full approval.
0: Just, full yeah. approval. Then... More corporations and government entities will say, if you are going to work for us or you're going to participate in this way, then we will require you to get the vaccine. The NFL has said that they will hold teams accountable for any outbreaks that they have by forcing them to forfeit games and therefore costing player paychecks. If there is an outbreak on your team, it won't be like last year where they just postponed stuff or just canceled the game outright. They're going to forfeit the game and you will lose your paycheck if your team is responsible for a COVID outbreak because not everybody got vaccinated. Right. And with the Delta variant spreading, we were up to I think the CDC said rolling average was around 50,000 this week. So 50,000 testing positive for the virus with the implication that there's far more who are not being tested. Uh, my, my feeling on the mandate is that it's the exact wrong approach to actually getting more people to get the vaccine and to and to get where we need to be as far as herd immunity goes. Because it's, it's the it's it's exact
2: so, wrong approach. It's Not making them do it would have been the right approach, and it didn't work.
0: Not making them do it when there was a shortage of available vaccine made a lot of sense. So we have this thing... We don't have enough of it. Here's who can come and get it now. But now we're in a position where we have a glut of vaccine. Yes. We have anybody who wants it can come get it. And with the exception of children under 12 and people who are otherwise immune compromised, it's now on you if you're not protected against the against this virus, right? It's yeah. now on the individual. And it's I, I don't understand why you think you're going to convince more people to get the vaccine by saying, even if you have the vaccine and you're in LA County and you go outside, you have to wear a fucking mask where you're going to, you're going to punish people who have gone and done the thing that they were supposed to do and are protected. And by the way, if you get the Delta variant or, or if you get a case of COVID after being vaccinated, chances are, it's going to be a very minor case. You're not going to be one of those individuals who's a super spreader and like the whole point of wearing a mask in public is that if you are walking around with a giant viral load in your sinus cavity, you wear that mask, it stops you from spreading to other people a little bit. It doesn't, as they said all along, and the various studies back this up, if you're wearing a mask, unless it's like a a fitted n95 N- yeah yeah it's not going to do a particularly good job of stopping particles from getting to you but if you have the virus it's going to help prevent you from spreading it to others well,
2: but, but that's why a mask mandate makes sense in these places with super high rates
0: because not,
2: it's clearly people aren't people aren't getting the vaccine that well, ship so,
0: has sailed the ship has sailed. You had the. You now have the opportunity to get, get vaccinated.
1: You can get the numbers down again. Well, wait a minute, Bob. What um, what is your suggestion as for the path? Because they have tried the the carrots, right? And now they're saying, "Fuck it, let's go back to the stick." Or they, what, what Joe do you think? Biden
0: or the the administration's new position should be: the vaccine is available to all who want it. We will not have mandates or restrictions after x date august the 1st august the 15th whatever it is right pick a date we will no longer be forcing people the 60 70 percent of people who have been vaccinated to play this game where we're trying to keep the rest of the population from getting sick because we're at the
2: point that after kids have a vaccine i don't think you can do that until there's one for kids people will lose their shit but also for
1: adults isn't that where we are now though like for the like isn't that, if you're fully vaccinated, go about living your life? Isn't that where we already yeah, are? On that's the, what we're doing. On the
0: Daily, the Daily Today was talking about the Delta variant. The New York Times podcast was talking about the Delta variant. And the journalist that they had on was talking about all of the experts that she's talked to says that we need to go back to wearing masks in public. Especially. But
2: NPR isn't making the rules.
0: I'm not saying, No. <laughs> I'm not talking—right, they're not talking about—I'm not talking about what the rules are, but that's the direction this is going in, right. that Los Angeles County instituted a mask mandate. Different government org- uh, entities like the VA are going to be issuing uh, vaccine requirements. But, but, but don't you think
1: those are two different points, like the, the mandating the masks— it- in at indoor places i think by the way the city of savannah has done a half-assed version of that where at government institutions basically anything that the mayor can control they're re-imposing the masks and they're just asking the businesses to kind of follow suit though i doubt they will but but to whose benefit right, To the benefit what of saying. the
0: people who refuse to get vaccinated
1: right right but and, and that's another thing that they're not making but clear they
2: care about those people too
0: no, they can care. It is right to care about them. But what I'm saying is that they will get COVID now. That's just right. what, it's a it's a fact. This virus isn't going to go away either. People will get a natural immunity to it by acquiring the virus, or they will get an unnatural immunity to it by getting the vaccine stuck in their arms. And that's right. just how it's going to be. At some point, if you are not willing to get vaccinated, we are living the, – the reality is you are going to get COVID-19. It's almost
1: inevitable, that. yeah. If, if you just – for the next year – don't get vaccinated, right? It's gonna so come to you at something.
0: then and we're in a position now where the vulnerable population— it is it whipped its way through the vulnerable populations, it killed a whole bunch of old people, it lowered the mortality the average age of death by a year and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And and it was bad, right? It was it was horrific. Right. But but the idea that we're going to live under these these measures for the next 18 months or two years until it's worked its way through but the we're entire not population any
2: under under any different measures. Our kids
0: are going to go to school this August and they're going to be wearing masks all day because
2: our kids aren't vaccinated. Yeah, but, but the,
0: but taking a realistic look at it, Georgia had unmasked schooling all year, right? There wasn't, well, yeah. there wasn't a whole rash of children who dropped dead from this virus. There's been something there's well fewer than 400 Children died from this thing, and and yeah, no doubt, every single one of them is an unspeakable tragedy. But it's a very, very small percentage of people. I would
2: way rather our kids wear masks to school unless they're vaccinated. Like I don't think that's I don't see that as a restriction. I see it as a precaution.
1: Right, And I think a lot of the major cities, their public schools, including Atlanta public schools, they said that they're going to go with the masks at least to start the year, the school year. And down here, it starts like in a week. Uh, But again, I want to differentiate two things. Like the reimposing of the masks, which I don't think is going to take off beyond just a few places that have done it. But it's counterproductive because and especially because they're not explaining why. Because when they say everybody has to do it, then you're really kind of undermining the, the whole argument that the vaccines are effective. Now, if they came out and said, we're doing this to protect the unvaccinated who are not being honorable – because they should – you know, the guidance that the CDC gave out months ago that people are criticizing, they didn't say anything incorrect, right? Vaccinated people, fully vaccinated, past the two weeks. You don't need to wear the mask. If you're unvaccinated, you still should wear the mask. People have not adhered to that second part, right? And so for them to reimpose it now, it just muddies the they message.
0: Think, who do they think is going to follow that exactly. rule? Exactly. And also, <laughs> where are they implementing it
1: in L.A. County? I mean, that's probably had like one of the higher numbers than – They're not doing it here in Atlanta or, you know, in other cities where maybe the numbers aren't so high. But I think the reason why, for instance, I wasn't pushing my brother too much on the arguments for vaccines is because inevitably within the next few months, his employer will make it a requirement that he get vaccinated. And there are a lot of people like my brother who are – their objections are actually just very thin – Right, It's not going to be enough for them to say, I'm going to have to seek work elsewhere. They'll begrudgingly get the vaccine in that setting, and I suspect many more people would do the same. If right. they get the full approval, that's the path forward. Just hurry up and make it fully approved. That way, their the legal position is as strong as it will be, and then say – Vaccines yeah. are mandated or just do like what New York Use City did, which is to is say all you can do. F- for all the employees, either you're fully vaccinated and you're cool or you have to do regular testing if you're not, like weekly yeah. testing. Some sort but, of thing where it's but, like too but, much of a so hassle. But
0: why? Why do you have to do the weekly testing? Who because are we protecting here? The- We're protecting people who are choosing to get the virus. right? right. And so it's, it's one thing to tell your brother, as an example, you can't come back to work. Unless you prove that you have the antibodies against the virus, like that, that I can see, that seems like something that is defensible and and way less weirdly like you're not going to strike people's fuck you I won't do what you tell me bone if you say you don't need the vaccine but you need to prove that you have that you've had the fucking virus before, right? Right. Because it is the case that there's there's not. I mean, it's good to get the as a booster shot basically to get right. the vaccine if you've already had the virus, but you don't need it. You st- right. you have acquired immunity and there's not really a great reason why you would be required to both have the natural virus and then also force somebody to get the vaccine. I don't think that that, like, I don't but think that's a big deal.
1: You, you don't think it would be a good idea to do, like I said, what New York city is doing, which is fully vaccinated. If you can show proof of that, you're good. Or, you'll do regular testing to, to show your negative test. It's a, kind of a, a reasonable accommodation kind of thing. But so what no is one the virtue of the
0: negative test? if So I go into an office and 80% of the people there are vaccinated against a virus right. that is still circulating in the population. Yeah, I'm not going to spread it to the, to the office. Like I might spread it to the 20% of the people in my office. No, no, and, no. no. And maybe the the that's-
1: test is for the, un- the people who aren't vaccinated. If you're fully vaccinated. I know, but what? So, but to, whose, to so, whose benefit?
2: So to whose benefit, going back to your original question, why do you have a responsibility to ask people about their vaccination status at this wedding?
0: I'm not saying that I have that responsibility. I was curious about the complete lack of conversation around it, given the world that we've lived in for the last I mean, I year think
2: and a half. It's what pop- you're describing is th- that exactly. It's like, all right, you on your own.
1: I have Probably no don't problem. Want to ruffle any feathers is why they didn't make mention of sure. Sure. Right.
0: sure, but in I mean, not to use a bunch of weird buzzwords here, but like informed consent. That that's the sort of thing that matters. Like it's one thing to be walking around without the vaccine. It's another thing to be walking around without the vaccine and not telling anybody and 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 like not telling anybody about it. Right. Uh, if you're going to be And I think that there is a responsibility on behalf of anybody who wants to have a large gathering with a whole bunch of people coming from a whole bunch of different places to make clear what the situation is. Like everybody should know. But how
2: is that different than a workplace?
0: I don't think that it is very much different from a workplace. I think that what a workplace can do if I have an office place somewhere and 100 people come to my office every day, I would say we encourage everyone to get the vaccine if you don't feel comfortable Working in this environment, we will make what accommodations that we can. But the vaccine is widely available. And unless you have a valid medical excuse as to why you won't get it, we're just going to go back to operating as as normal here. And the only people who are truly put at risk by by any reasonable understanding of of what a breakthrough case is, which is like, overwhelmingly mild and asymptomatic and not going to hurt someone who's been vaccinated beyond a possible mild discomfort like your friend had for right, a couple but of people
1: days probably still don't want to get it
0: right even no, if you don't
2: different than a wedding
0: you don't want to get it
2: and also again what I mean think the how, whole what, what,
0: what, 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 what distinction are you making here between the two things
2: you're Be- se- you're acting like having a wedding the person hosting has some sort of responsibility to say something.
0: I'm saying it is weird to not, to not mention it right. at all. It's but like, it, it would be like the fucking alien mothership from Independence Day has arrived, and you're like, hey, everybody, come on over for a barbecue. But you don't mention, nobody wants to talk about the fact that <laughs> yeah. the fucking giant alien mothership is hovering overhead for the last 18 hours. Right. Like, it just seems like something that would come up.
1: Right. Basically yeah, they should model what they say you're you're walking into an uncontrolled environment. Just good luck with whatever but just the kind of I kinda... feel like
2: that's true everywhere. Yeah, I, like at this point Yeah. I. that's how it is when you go to any place.
0: Right. You're walking into an uncontrolled environment. And that's the point that I'm making here is that on the one hand, that's just a, a, I'm just, with the wedding thing, I'm just talking about a weird social situation where it's like, it feels uncomfortable to have to have that conversation. But the fact of the matter is we live in a world where we're all walking around and unless you get the vaccine or unless you've been, you've previously had the virus, you will get the virus, right? It's just a simple fact.
1: But I think... the the, the logic behind the unvaccinated people at work getting submitted to weekly or regular testing is that it's a nuisance enough to encourage some of those people to say fuck it just give me the thing so i don't have to do this every week somebody's doing something to my nose right so like it's kind of a thing where basically it quiets any sort of like my freedom objections you know basically it's like Mm -hmm. you're just like at the airport you just gotta you know show a negative uh, uh, COVID test, right? And you'll be fine. But then if you have to do it every week and you're like, you know what? Just give me the vaccine. Let me get the J&J and then I'll be done with it. And I I bet you that will encourage some people, not many, but it'll encourage some people. And that's the way forward. I think going backwards to the masks and the stuff, especially the, the flimsy cloth mask that people are wearing. That's not built I wear, for.
2: I like that cloth mask.
1: F- f- crowded environments. But what I'm saying, is my understanding of the masks, especially the one that you can buy it on Etsy, is that it has to be paired with distancing, right? No, because. But you can't be going to a club wearing no, that mask. No, I'm not mask. going to a
2: club. I'm breathing in people's faces directly on their faces, right. and when I have a mask on, it doesn't go directly on their face. It goes into my mask.
1: Right.
0: Right, but something <laughs> but gets The through. reality is, if that's... you're in somebody's face wearing a a not fitted, medically fitted mask, you're going to be exchanging particles with them, on the order of being able to give them the virus. But
2: is it, it the it, so, same so, so, as not So all we're talking about
0: it? now is politess. Like uh, all we're talking about is how we feel in that individual no. moment. I, I, and no, it it's would... not the same. But the the all the mask was designed to do. And the only the only thing that it was really particularly good at was if you are a carrier of the virus, it will block some of your ability and enough of your ability to make a difference. Yeah,
2: that's enough uh, for me. To, to spread
0: yeah. the disease.
1: It's a mitigation Which is strategy. All,
0: you
2: yeah, can right. bet I'm wearing a mask for two weeks after we go to this wedding. Jeez.
0: Fine. And that's all fine. But there would be probably no reason for it. You go get the... You, if you want to clear your mind about it, you just yeah, go get I might. a test. We'll see,
2: it's far nothing from nothing wrong now. with
0: wearing two hats. Like but that's idea. the other thing is if you're vaccinated and you even if you are exposed, you can come back positive on this PCR test with just a tiny little bit of dead virus that your body actually killed, and you're not going to spread that to anyone. It's just a t- like you're not shedding the virus, yeah, you, but you will still test positive for it.
2: Yeah, I'm whatever. It's I like bad. my idea of the insurance companies just not paying for people's care anymore. Right, <laughs> if it's if it's COVID related, if they're not vaccinated, right, and they get COVID, they're on their own. Love yeah. your insurance company.
0: I just i i have this maybe I'm misreading it, but the way that the the hype around the Delta variant has been, and the fact that it it feels like we're hearing more and more about mandates and requirements it feels like we're moving in the exact opposite direction from where we should be moving in which is like now is the time where we say we're just in a herd immunity situation right like figure it out people yeah we we got to 60 plus percent of of adults and the only way through at this point is is natural immunity for all of the people who have refused the vaccine at this point
1: for what it's worth uh, the uk their delta variant uh, they're on They're coming down now. Like it seems like this is one of these, it burns fast, like it increases suddenly and it seems to kind of disappear fairly quick. So we're, we're probably a few more weeks away when we start going down also
0: right the same you can look at the same graph in india the same exact and theirs was much more pronounced but it's the same graph in india as as what just happened in the uk and and we're probably on the back end of it here too right
1: and 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 so far i mean this could change in the next couple weeks but so far the death numbers have stayed steady i think it's still averaging under 300 still too many people but you know uh it's not like 800 or 1,000 or whatever right. it was. And the mayor
0: of New Orleans or something was on the... Sunday shows talking about how the Delta variant is more infectious and far deadlier than the previous one. It's like, where are you getting that? Yeah. The pe- People just say this shit. And it, it completely, like to the extent that there is any remaining trust in institutions to allow a mayor of a major U.S. city to go on media and, and with no pushback say things like the Delta variant is far deadlier than previous versions of the disease, which is at best... And, un- and utterly unproven.
1: But maybe they're saying – I mean it's incorrect. I agree. Uh, but m- maybe they're saying it's like a volumes thing. Like it spreads. right? It's not as deadly, but it spreads. And if it can affect more people, then it will get more people dying or – I don't know. Uh, I, know I mean the case I, fatality I, rate is pretty low compared to the previous strains because all the old geezers – have gotten their vaccines. I mean, I think their number is like pretty good. I think it's like over eighty. This is why.
0: This is why I just and I, it sounds maybe it sounds heartless and like and weird to say, but we have the solution in this hand. We yes. are offering it to you. It doesn't. There's no cost to you beyond a a weird, like your concerns are about long term effects. There is no such thing as a long term harm from a vaccine. Uh, everything that you read says that all side effects from vaccines happen in the first two months. Right. And that there, there, there really has never been a vaccine that has long-term... I mean, sure, there are people who say that, it, that the reason that autoimmune disorders exist at all is because of long-term effects from vaccines. But it's completely... They made that up. There's no oh. scientific reason to believe those things. Uh, maybe they're right. Maybe in the long run we'll find out that uh, cell phones... Or the cause of everything bad, too, right?
2: We would still die, though.
0: Right. We're still going to end up dead one way or another.
1: If if we had maximum demand and it's now, like, the end of July, what would our number be? Like, if we we're, like, a more responsible country and everybody was, like, It would look yes, like
2: Vermont.
1: Yeah. It would probably be, like, in the 80s, right? Yeah. I think Yeah, probably, like, if everybody was, like, every day we're doing, like, two or three million a day, like, we would be further... So but then what is so what is the number that
0: we would get to as a percentage of adults vaccinated where we would say uh, you're on your own. I think we're there now. We're not. not no one's but saying it, that, but that's it. not what we're doing. I agree. We're there now. Right. We're over sixty percent. Right. And I don't know how many people, but have got this virus. Right. What, like, what is the effective immunity rate in the population? If the if right. the vaccinated mm-hmm. rate is over fifty percent of all Americans have been vaccinated, like no matter the age, fifty percent plus of all Americans have been vaccinated against this virus, and then some untold another pile of millions of Americans
1: have natural
0: immunity against it. Like that would be an interesting thing. If we did survey testing for antibodies against the virus and found out what the actual effective uh, immunity rate is in the population, because at some point we have to say we're just in treatment and mitigation mode here and we're not going to bother with all of the rest of the top down controls.
1: Right. I think they'll never say that, but that's basically where we are. The only problem is that the children aren't eligible, you know, People under twelve. I aren't, know, except that so children under things. twelve also aren't impacted by this virus. It, but
2: as it, that can be true all day long, no one will be okay with it. But why? Okay.
0: Kids die from the cold and the and the flu Kids every don't single die year. From colds. They die from the flu every single year. In right. in. About the same numbers, or more than they die from coronavirus. It is simply not something that impacts them, and it is. And the answer to the question, "How much risk is acceptable?" is never zero, right? Yes. I put my kids it, yeah. in the car every single week. This summer, we're going to take three different thousand-mile round-trip road trips. It's
2: horrifying.
0: On highways, it's the worst. Where, where thirty thousand Americans die every single year yeah, without and fail. the whole
2: time you're driving i'm worried
0: but you know what we're gonna be fine and it's
2: maybe as, probably hopefully I felt better in a giant car i'll tell you that
0: and it's way way more dangerous than any impact they might have from getting the
1: coronavirus but it's safer
2: right. in a massive suv
1: but yeah i think i think we're we're headed in that direction i still don't think What L.A. County is doing is going to take off in other cities like New York or, you know, other cities like that.
0: I mean, I guess not. I just don't – there's a concern from lunatics on the right who think that the Democrats or the liberal types will never give up the power that they were able to accumulate over the – course of the last year that they they're just too fucking hungry for that level of control and when i see la county doing something as completely performative and theatrical and stupid as requiring everyone who goes out in public to wear a mask it reinforces that
2: are we sure that that belief totally like again i feel like we did this i don't know how many months ago there are probably numbers of transmission rate and positive cases per 100 people and whatever metrics there are that are more acceptable numbers than others. And I think that it's reasonable for a jurisdiction to say over X measure, we got to all wear masks again. It's not about who's vaccinated (laughs) and who's not.
0: But if 70 percent of the population is vaccinated, why do you have to force the vaccinated population to wear the mask? for whose benefit, and it's for the benefit of because people who have decided saying, that they want to get papers. the vaccine. Basically, They've decided- it's
1: easier, I mean, the answer is it's easier to enforce everyone doing it instead of them trying to figure no. out who's vaccinated and who's not.
2: I mean, are we going to put tattoos on our arms?
1: But again, there's no end date for this. I guess if you, if you go back to the yellow range, or I don't know how they're going about their decision making, but the message that it sends to the people who you're trying to Uh, encourage to get the vaccine is that even the vaccinated people have to wear masks and so they're less likely to get vaccinated themselves where's the incentive if so if you're the Biden administration if the numbers go
2: down you won't have to wear a mask anymore. bullshit
0: bullshit because even though the numbers went down we're we're back to we're nowhere near levels where we were at the worst of this we're we're still 200,000 cases a day lower than the peak. And, uh, and we're at a situation where everybody who wants to be protected against this virus is protected against the virus. There's no—the re- Biden administration should walk out tomorrow and say— if you do not get this vaccine, you are choosing to get the virus because we are no longer, as a country, going to be worried about the 30% of you who show no interest in protecting yourselves against it. Does that, that doesn't mean we don't have empathy for you right, but when you again, get the thing. It doesn't mean that we're not going to provide health care for you when you get the fucking thing. But we're, we, we just, the is vaccine absolute, is here. You can right. take it or not take it. That's on you.
1: Bob, there is no scenario where any politician would say that because there is no upside to saying that. You'll let it be that, but there's no upside to saying, hey, all resources are available. The upside is easy for you is- to get.
0: The upside is that you can play it up as America's the fucking greatest. And I want to I want to thank my predecessor for everything he did with Operation Warp Speed to get us where we're going. And you make Donald Trump walk out on a stage uh, in December and denounce the vaccines. Right. You credit him so much. You thank him so much that he walks out there and he's like, ah, nobody should get the fucking vaccine (laughs) like that, because that's the that's where we like that's. That's where right. this is going, is Donald Trump is eventually going to come down on the wrong side of the vaccine question, right, right. In, in public, even though it was his administration that helped to get us there.
1: And also and like, he's gotten the vaccine himself. If you want more
0: Republicans to get the vaccine, Joe Biden should be going out of his way to say what an incredible accomplishment it was that, that – Trump administration using Operation Warp Speed, while I disagree with a lot of their uh, mistakes that were made in the last year, they got us this vaccine, and then my team came in and and put the final nail in the coffin in driving this uh, virus out of our society— like we we did it. Great job. You don't want to get it. Fine, but you're gonna get the you're gonna get the virus.
1: Right. I don't know. I I, I just think the the employer angle is gonna solve a lot of these problems. I, I just don't see. But there will
0: be no end to this stupid. Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Not line of argument.
1: To, but people don't believe in it damn They're they're gonna lose their job over it. I mean, there's a handful of like nurses, like in Texas and New Jersey or wherever, uh, who. Declined, And the the, the health company were like, if you don't do it, you're going to be fired. And they were. But that was like out of 30,000 employees, like a handful of them, a few dozen of them uh, lost their job. But most people just said, fuck it. I'll just get the vaccine. I think that's going to be the thing. Basically put it in a position to where are you really not going to do it?
0: So I I, I – it's just so completely ineffective in terms of getting people to do what you want them to do, because that that mindset does not go away. The "fuck you, I won't do what you tell me" thing but doesn't no, ever never gonna, go but away. That's
1: never going to go away, right? We're pa- way past that. People are set in their ways, right? So, how set are you in your ways? Is it enough to lose your career over? And the answer is no for most people. But you're not going to change your mind by arguments, right? You didn't argue your way into it. You just kind of have this visceral, like, ugh, how do I do it? Tr- I'm not trying to change anyone's mind.
0: That's the beauty of my plan. Right. Which is, that I'm no longer interested in changing anyone's mind. We just say, we have this solution for you. You can choose to take the solution or you can choose to get the virus. And that's where we are in this pandemic right now.
1: Right. And then somebody's aunt is going to die and then they're going to blame you for... I mean, you, like the politician, whoever you're saying should say this.
0: The thing is burning through the remainder of the population, and that's just, that's
1: just the situation. Right, and also, for what it's worth, this is anecdotal. This is just one guy that I know from L.A. He's a doctor, uh, and he said that people are following the indoor mask requirements where they're being enforced, like at the grocery stores and things like that, but at all of the restaurants and the bars and those places, it's— the same as it ever was, right? So, like, I I do wonder, like, if you have these half-assed, like, at some places, enforcement, is that really going to be the driver to bring the numbers down? I think the numbers are going to come down whatever measurements that they... they put because that's what's happening in other right. places. Yeah,
3: you,
0: so and that's the thing that I was saying six months ago, which is that you look at what happened in South Dakota versus what happened in Massachusetts. And, yeah, there are different geographies and different situations in terms of urban centers and, and how people interact with one another. But at the end of the thing, I think you're going to find that there's very little variation between places that ended up having very strict uh, restrictions and mandates and places that had minimal restrictions and mandates because the virus ended up doing what the virus is going to do largely because people are going to do what people are going to do and it, and the the team that you vote for in November doesn't actually fundamentally change human behavior and right. that you cannot control for human behavior in that way. I'm not saying that there is an acceptable level of death. I'm saying that the reality of the world that we live in right now is either you get the vaccine or you acquire natural immunity against the virus. Everybody's going to get it. Right. And we're in a situation now where I fully expect my children to have antibodies against this virus before they get the vaccine next January or February or whenever right. it becomes available to them. That's like, probably I'm, true, I'm, yeah. And I'm fine with it because – the overwhelming majority like by by leaps and bounds it is not a risk to them right, right. and yeah it would be I, I could be eating my words and wanting to jump off a fucking high bridge in three months if my kid dies from COVID. But it's or just Or if
2: they don't die, but they have like a heart problem going forward right. and their that, whole life.
0: And that's not to say right. And that's why it's absurd when somebody says, Well, we don't know the long term effects of the vaccine. Well, we don't know the fucking long term of that's
2: effects. But I'm, wor- I'm getting worried the about anyone dying. Either. I'm worried about them having heart and lung problems for the rest of their life. Right,
0: and who knows what the long-term effects of the... the but, but that's like... The, the fact is the vaccine is not available to them. And yeah, it would be better if they didn't get the virus. No doubt about it. But I've basically resigned myself to the fact that most human beings, one way or another, are going to requ- <laughs> acquire immunity to this thing because it's just... Everybody gets it. Right. Fucking Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC Fucking in 2025.
1: Bullshit. It went from a rumor to, like, it's happening in like two the, days,
0: that happened five or six years ago. Maybe like maybe we, it was during when Mizzou oh, and, uh, A&M and uh, joined yeah. also. I'd like to hear Texas, ago. Texas and Oklahoma were also talking about day. coming then.
2: Oh fuck it! They it, have to change the name of the conference first right? of all.
1: What are they going to do to the rest? Of, I mean, that's basically the Big Twelve. Texas and Oklahoma. Who else is in there? Kansas State.
2: Right. What are those yes. bums going to do? Like Iowa. Is Iowa there?
0: <laughs> so, obviously, yeah. this is, it's, it's bogus, and we don't want Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. That's fuck silly. Fuck
2: it. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. Is there anything we can do?
1: So, I, I take it they're, they're good. it's like the, the cell phone companies merging, like T-Mobile and Sprint and the whatever. So, it seems like the SEC is going to expand to, like, 16, 20 teams. Then the Big Ten is going to get Big 10 you know, and then the Pac-12, so maybe there'll just be like three, or I guess the ACC, so it'll be the Big Four, right? So all the refugees from the Big 12 will go to the Pac-12 or the right. Big Ten. It's just so
2: sad because they just figured out that eighteen playoff. Like they right. just did it, <laughs> yeah. right?
0: And by the way, since we solved the Olympics earlier, uh, I can also solve college football, Ugh, which is that. No, you can't. I can. There should be five super, five five major conferences with twelve teams each. Right now, just as an example, uh, I believe, and this is this is beside the point ultimately, but at the. Uh, Parochial SEC level. I think that the Southeastern Conference should kick Mizzou, Arkansas, A&M, and Vanderbilt. You kick those four teams out of the conference. You add back in Tech and Clemson. That's your 12-team SEC. Everybody plays everybody, and everybody plays one at-large team out 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 of conference game every year. 12-team schedule. And then, so it's not just the SEC, every single of the five major conferences, the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-10, and who did I forget? The Big 12 or something? Uh,
1: Big Big 12, Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, (laughs) SEC.
0: Right. So the five major conferences are 12 team conferences. Uh, They produce five champions every year. So you play your 11 opponents. There's a single championship game. That's the semi that's the play in game into the national eight team playoff. So there are five conference champions plus three at large from no no at-larges for the conferences, by the way. Right. If you want to get into the big dance at the end of the year, you have to win your conference. What the, about
2: like Boise State and UCF or whatever?
0: Right. The remaining three teams are selected somehow from the non-conference champions from the non-conference teams and then you have your eight team playoff and you can have your stupid playoff that way
1: yeah that would be good but the the way that it's headed now where all of the big teams are going to just a few conference you know like the big 10 and the the sec uh will it not ruin like the sport for many of the people that follow college football because like i can't imagine this is going to be good for the ratings long term because if it's just like the same few t- i mean it's already the ratings are already trending in the wrong direction for college football because it's like Alabama and Clemson every other year or every year and no one else gets a whiff of anything
0: um, right and we're just going to end up in the only there're only four interesting Georgia games in any given year right. at this point right, right. you just yeah. you, the 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 rivals that you play are the only interesting games, and then once every seven years, an LSU or an Alabama cycles onto your schedule, and you get hyped about. And you
1: have one a, a those bad day. And, and this year, opening up the year, I think I'm gonna try to go to that game, the uh, Clemson Georgia game in in like Labor Day weekend. But basically, other than that, there's usually like one game like that every few years. See, but that's it's usually why it's not
2: Labor Day weekend that way.
1: Auburn and other teams. But I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes because. If this continues, then you'll just. Ha- I don't even think you'll have four conferences. It'll just be like the ACC, SEC. Yeah, and it'll Big be 10. NFL. Yeah, no, It'd you'll be- have four
0: because you'll have the ACC, the SEC, the uh, Pacific. Yeah, the whatever twelve, and then another like a central team that that hooks in you some northeastern schools. You can't call it the SEC
2: schools. with Texas and Oklahoma it doesn't Oklahoma matter. Involved. The
0: brand... Yeah, it fucking matter. You can't call it the SEC with A&M and Mizzou in it either, but they maintain the brand. It's do, fine. Is there the any branding branding do you matter. think?
1: Do you think there'll be SEC Plus or the big SEC or the SEC... No, it'll just be the SEC.
0: Okay. They're not going to give up their, their claim a ch- on a that awful chant. You can't chant.
2: not chant it.
1: All right, We'll see.
0: But yeah, I, I imagine that we're headed towards... Like four 16-team super conferences, something along that line, where you play the teams in your division and then a bunch of nonsense games and maybe one other interesting game a year. And, yeah, it won't be anything like the college football that we grew up with, but there will be all sorts of television rights deals that make it work out financially for the conferences and for the schools and, most importantly, for the NCAA. And uh, it will continue uh, to get worse as everything else does. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. If you find the show on Facebook or Twitter, just head over to brainiron.com or castironbrains.com. Opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. If there's any other quick things in the news, watched,
2: we watched the Woodstock 99 movie. Oh, how was that? It was good.
0: Uh, it was, uh, Bill Simmons has a new venture over on HBO Max. He's the executive producer of some sort of series called Music Box. I think is the brand that they've stuck on it.
1: Oh, so it's not just uh, the it's, Woodstock one. It's a series of right musical things. Okay. No, Bill, okay. Simons,
0: Bill Simons, Simmons. More. brain genius does not operate on the mere level of one movie at a time. Eh? This is a, <laughs>
1: so he's trying to do a thirty for thirty, but it's called Music Box.
0: Right, it's a new 30 for 30, but for music on HBO. And it was fine. It was fine.
2: It made me realize that I haven't called anyone a douchebag in a long time.
1: <laughs> why, uh, now that I think of it, why did they have two Woodstocks within five years? Because it was a 94 pro- one.
2: Uh, well, money is the reason. Okay. But you'll have to watch the movie okay. to find out. Is it out.
1: on uh, Hulu so, or something? What, what, what is it? Oh, HBO. It's on HBO. HBO, Max. Okay, okay.
0: I can't uh, talk about something without complaining about it, and I think that I have a valid complaint here, which is that while perfectly fine and entertaining, I mean, it's a bit overlong considering what I'm about to say here, but the talking heads that they have, you can't just say... uh, White male, a a lot of white males were there, and therefore anger and bad stuff happened. Is that how there was was a
2: lot of white males there?
0: Yeah, there's. So they had a couple of different people on who were basically just there to, right, talking heads who were there to just pop up every ten or fifteen minutes and talk about how, I mean, without saying it explicitly, but you know, here is where Donald Trump, the the Trump phenomenon. Uh, you can see its roots here Woodstock? in these angry kids <laughs> screaming about uh, Limp, and I gotta see it Limp biscuit And Limp Biscuit
2: fans is the problem. Okay. Limp Biscuit and New Metallica.
1: Okay. From it's the- funny,
0: Laurie said that about douchebag as an insult no longer being thrown around the way that it was before. And... I think that the trumpeting effectively killed douchebag as an insult because now they're just like maggot chuds. It doesn't work. Like, you can't just call some like if somebody is going to be a douchebag, they're actually probably also being a Trumpy type they of thing. They
2: probably used to be a douchebag, right. but
1: they, they outgrew graduated it into,
2: into worse.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I just watching it and it went on and on for way too long. And by the end of the documentary, it just felt like it's just such an impoverished view of the culture to automatically reduce everything back down to essentially skin color identity as being the explanation for everything. And it goes for whether you're talking about white people or black people or brown people or whatever, right. using that as your entire framing device for understanding the world leaves you with a very <laughs> limited understanding of the world and also makes for very boring documentaries to the point where No actual insight is being offered, where you just, oh, here comes this chick again to talk about white male rage. And just saying the phrase white male rage over and over again doesn't actually offer insight into anything. It's just you signifying your belief that white male rage is the explanation for everything wrong with the world.
1: This is just like the human interest story thing where they don't go outside of certain well-worn Framing devices—it's like overcoming adversity. This Chinese sprinter, or whatever, and then now it's some racial component, anger, and there's no other way to think about it. It's all about about
0: you have you have your preconceived idea of what the explanation is, and no matter what the actual. What, no matter what is actually going on under the hood, you're going to say the white male rage thing over and over again because that's what you're there to do. It's why they—that's why they brought you into the into the little confessional booth for the documentary in the first place. Speaking of preconceived ideas driving a story, I'll put a link to this. I'm not going to play clips. It's an 11-minute story from NPR, <laughs> which I heard today uh, this afternoon, and it was talking about how uh, the Politically correct being used as a weapon of the right against the left uh, 30 and 40 years ago, uh, that we can trace that all the way forward to how uh, it's the same thing as cancel cancel culture now, which is that it was just a moral panic invented by terrible right-wingers 30 years ago, and it doesn't actually exist, and uh, we shouldn't worry about it. The story concludes with the NPR host talking to John Ronson, a guy who wrote a book called So You've Been Publicly Shamed, who like was among the very first people to identify this as a phenomenon, this, this outraged culture of the online mob coming out and effectively ruin, ruining somebody's public and private life for no good reason, right? Usually for no good reason.
1: Because they could.
0: Right. And so they talk to John Ronson at the end of this 11-minute long feature story on NPR where they've just said over and over again how political correctness is just a moral panic. And John Ronson comes on and he says, "Uh, maybe it's not an all-consuming evil that we need to be freaking out about all the time, but it is very much real, it's very much bad, and it's very much worthy of our attention and, and talking about it. And then the next sentence out of the host's mouth is like... Basically, so as you can see, cancel culture is just another moral panic that the right has invented, <laughs> just like critical race theory. Anyway, uh, here's the weather. Right. Uh, so they just completely, <laughs> ign- they have the preconceived notion yeah. of what the story is. They're not going to deviate from the narrative, no matter what. Even though they were just talking to somebody who whatever.
1: literally wrote the book on it.
0: Uh, did you do anything? What did you watch? You, so did you go see Old?
1: In it's 2021, right? Halfway through the year, I watched two movies. I watched. M. Night Shyamalan's Old, in the theaters, and I watched Nicolas Cage's Pig in the theater. Nice. And neither of them were particularly good, although I did enjoy Nicolas Cage because he wasn't doing what he has been in recent years. Like, he was more subdued. It was actually a pleasant movie that he was in. I just don't have any connection to, like, world-famous chefs because, like, he was apparently some... Well-known chef guy in Portland or whatever, and he's become just a recluse. But people still know his name. They're like, "Oh, you're that guy." Like, right? W- is that realistic? Would a city know? like, oh, that's the guy who can make scrambled eggs really well.
0: I don't know, but if, I don't know. If Emerald if, if Lagasse like went and lived in the woods for twenty years, <laughs> and
1: then There's, there's chef I think Boy people RD. would
0: recognize Emerald when he came back twenty years later.
1: That movie, but it was it was fine. I don't think it was particularly good, but it was fine. Old, on the other hand, I don't know why I expect different, but uh, this M.I. Shyamalan guy can't help but do the same thing he always does, which is like the big thing at the end. Right. And this movie was, you know, basically there's this weird island or corner of an island where people grow old really fast. And spoiler scientists thought this would be a good opportunity to test some of their drugs to see because mm. they, they can mm. get a lot of data very quickly so they lure unsuspecting people with conditions that they want to test their drugs good on, idea and uh, they just sit there and watch but the problem is so in the movie that people don't know this until later on but within a day you live a whole life right and so they had six-year-old and seven-year-old kids who like 30 minutes into the movie are now teenagers and they're one is knocking up the other. But like 20 minutes ago, they were six years old. I was like, this is really not cool, man. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know I mean, it, it sounds like a good idea Did you just make I me watch
2: a, child porn. I had an emotional
0: connection is. with this 6-year-old and now they're <laughs> fucking on the beach <laughs> and I'm feeling aroused. What is <laughs> no. what has happened here? No arousal. They just, just inserted child <laughs> no. porn into my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how it happened but
1: and, and the actors are t- the older actors. Thank God at least they changed the body, you know, like they're older but they're speaking as if they're still 6 years old. Mommy, what's happening? I'm Whatever, something happened to my stomach. You know, it's just very weird. Right. And the movie ends, however it ends. But um, I have a so, I have a soft spot for M Night Shyamalan. I do. That's why I still know. go there <laughs> to right. watch his movies. But it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. What no, is I'll your favorite M Night? My favorite M Night movie is Unbreakable, and okay. it's not particularly cr- close. M. Uh, Unbreakable yeah, is yeah, that's
1: a, the best one. An
0: actually good movie, and I haven't seen any of the. New ones going back. You didn't back. see, like,
1: Split and... I didn't the, see uh,
0: Split or or that elevator one that he produced. We like... saw
2: the elevator one. Did we? Yeah. Clearly it wasn't memorable to you, but we watched it.
0: <laughs> what happens in the elevator
1: one? We go
2: There's up like, the I devil don't... or something.
0: You sure you didn't watch that alone?
2: I'm not. I think I watched it in your apartment.
0: Hmm. Anyway.
2: I wouldn't watch that alone. That doesn't sound like me at all.
0: Unbreakable is the good one. Uh, Six Sense is obviously very good as well, and I do I enjoyed Lady in the Water uh, when I watched it in the movie theaters. Oh, yeah. Although I I couldn't tell you anything about that movie now beyond there was Paul Giamatti and a lady in the pool. <laughs> you uh you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight. Then we will talk to you next time.
1: Later.
4: I think it's 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 absolutely wrong to say, oh, this is just a moral panic and there's nothing going on. You know, we're living in this very binary world. And in this world, people on the right are saying, you know, we are being silenced by a woke mob. And people on the left are saying, it's not happening. We're just holding people accountable. Now, clearly, those are two polemical positions. And the truth is somewhere in the middle.
3: So if, as you say, There is a real concern, and also there is a right-wing conspiracy to blow that concern out of proportion to score political points. What do we do with the coexistence of those two realities?
4: Well, I I just think it's it's up to every individual on social media – uh to to be curious and patient. You
3: are asking people on social media to be patient. Have you been on social media? Patient
4: and curious. Well, I tell you what, I've I've been off Twitter for a little while and I went back on the other day, and it was like it was like it was like a party at six o'clock in the morning when people are <laughs> when something terrible happened hours before, and everyone is still screaming at each other, but they're <laughs> hoarse and they've maybe even forgotten what it was that, that made them so angry.
3: And you're the only one who's sober.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't have been if I hadn't left Twitter for a few weeks.
3: I asked Meredith Clark uh, of the University of Virginia about this. We heard her earlier on the piece. And she said, when you look at the vanishingly small percentage of the U.S. population that is on Twitter, you understand how out of proportion this narrative of cancel culture actually is.
4: You know, this is a new, this is a very new weapon that we have. You know, on Twitter we're like... You know, children crawling towards guns. You can't say that, that this whole new way of treating other human beings is, is just going to fit into it all with, with ease when it's this entirely new weapon. You know, of course there's going to be people destroyed. And people are destroyed,
3: what do you think of the argument that maybe the pendulum has swung too far, but the pendulum had to swing? That people who were getting away with things they should not have gotten away with are now being held to account, and yes, there may be innocent victims, but ultimately, that'll sort itself out?
4: Oh, well, by and large, I do agree, yes. But at the same time, I wouldn't sort of just toss off the idea of there being some innocent victims. Like, that's bad and important.
3: In the last few weeks, it does seem like some of the furor over cancel culture has started to die down. That could be because the pendulum is swinging back towards the center on this issue, or it could just be that the national moral panic has moved on to another target, critical race theory.
0: F. Night Shyamalan just incepted child porn into my brain. I don't know how it happened but this is really not cool man like